I want to start by telling a story. There was once a man who lived in a house with his family. One night a burglar broke in and the man woke up, but before long, with all the darkness and confusion and adrenaline, he'd been overwhelmed by the robber and tied up along with his whole family. With the family bound tightly together, the thief ransacked the home, taking what he wanted, the ladies' jewellery, the kids' computer games, car keys, important documents, the whole lot. And he damaged the place badly too, turning furniture over, smashing glass, and even roughed up the family a bit too, instilling a little bit of fear, harming them along the way. Now, after all his crimes had been committed, he disappeared into the night straight out of the front door. Now, when the police arrived and had freed the family from their bindings, they discovered that the man had certificates all over the walls displaying martial arts achievements and black, be uh, black belt skills. They found hidden weapons concealed strategically all around the house and learned that the man had actually trained at length to become very proficient at handling these weapons. Slightly confused, they looked at the man, bewildered at how he'd been overpowered so quickly and easily. Now the thief had left prints all over the house and the police quickly matched his identity to that of a well-known criminal, a scrawny man who on paper shouldn't have been any threat to our friend who was a black belt. It was apparent to all involved that when the time had come for the man to effectively use, utilize his skills and understanding that he'd been acquiring for all those years, for so long he'd been in the moment overwhelmed, out of practice and unfocused. He'd missed the opportunity when it mattered the most. And you know, Knowing and utilizing the power and presence of the Holy Spirit is much the same for many, many people today. Today, I want to use that unfortunate man's example, his story, to shed some light on something of enormous, enormous importance for every single one of us. I want us to use that story to reveal or perhaps remind us of the power and presence of the Holy Spirit available to all of us today and help us to remember and understand perhaps that we have a choice to make in any given moment, in any given day. And we have to choose whether we're going to actually utilize and rely on him as we connect up with him, as we connect in with one another as a church, and as we connect out with the world around us. Now give me a little moment to just to do a bit, of, uh, a bit of groundwork, maybe lay a few foundations in your hearts. So for, for some of this, this is going to be the first time you've heard this, but for others of you, I'm just going to piggyback what you already believe to be true. And either way, it's incredibly, incredibly good news for all of us. Now, let me start by saying we have an enemy. We have an, an opponent who stalks around our lives looking for those open windows with which to get in and get to us. Any gap he can find in our relationships, in our family history, in our finances, in our times of rest, in our health, in our jobs, he'll take any opportunity. Now, regardless of your level of faith today as you listen to this, I think we'd all agree that throughout any given day, there'll be stuff that happens in life that challenges us. It tests our character, it affects our bodies sometimes, it harms our relationships, it distorts our perspectives. There is a devil, and he likes to seize those moments and use them to take our eyes off God, and he's quite good at what he does but he's defeated. God knew that you and I would be just too weak to tackle this enemy alone. He knew that we'd need to be equipped with the precise resources 
that we'd have no way of winning the life battles ourselves, or there'd be no way of finding God, there'd be no way of getting right with him by ourselves. And so he delivered us with the solution, a saviour. A saviour, not someone that's in our corner, but someone in the ring for us, fighting the battle on our behalf. God came down from heaven, not just as a human, I mean totally human, but also totally God at the same time. And he grew and developed much in the same way that all of us do as well. He didn't cut any corners. The older he got, the more confidence and understanding he had to discern actually what God was doing in his life, his father's plan over his life. And he lived perfectly in all of his ways, never once given into temptation. And because of that spotless nature, he had this unique purpose that would bring the one and only remedy to the darkness of sin that you and I have all contributed to and, and played our part in. God demands restitution for our mistakes, for our sinfulness. And only someone perfect could actually be sufficient enough to pay that price. Now, increasingly, his words, his actions became laced with more truth and more power. Until the last three years of his life, he began to completely and utterly transform the lives of everybody that he came into contact with. Just everyone was influenced and changed by him. Now the Jewish and the Roman uh, authorities back in that day were in such uh, turmoil because of this display of authority and power that this man was laying out before them. They, were threat they, they felt that their platform was going to be th so threatened that they murdered him on a cross. But death could not bind him. And the death we deserve, he overcame on our behalf, coming back to life. This man, this God who was crucified on a cross, leaves the tomb. He walks back into the daylight three days later, demonstrating newness in life that we can all find when we put our lives into his hands, in trusting in him alone. That's incredibly good news. You might want to catch your breath for a second. I know I need to. 40 days later, 40 days later, he then ascended back to heaven, victoriously taking that seat of authority back beside his father. Full of power, crowned in victory, Jesus Christ, the saviour of the world, who took the punishment and triumphed on your behalf. Man, that should stir something in your soul. That really should. Now, God knew that there would be, it would be such a huge concept that we wouldn't be able to get our puny little minds around it by ourselves. So in faith, if we humble ourselves, if we call out to him, he gives us his Holy Spirit. His Spirit dwells within us to bring light and revelation to the power and goodness of who his son Jesus really is. Do you know, you and I need a saviour. And the Holy Spirit helps us to understand the impact of just what it means to actually now have one. Without giving access to the Holy Spirit, without willingly surrendering every aspect of our life to his refining work, our lives totally lack the power and the capability required to live in the freedom that Jesus promises. If we give him partial access, we may as well give him no access whatsoever. He demands all. He demands our lot. Now God wants to equip you and me 
with what we need in our lives so that we can effectively live like Jesus. Not bouncing around in your faith like some pinball machine where you, you ping and, and spring from, from doubt to fear, from sin to defeat, but taking confident strides progressively forward in our pursuit of him, becoming more and more and more and more like him until we meet him face to face. Now, all through the Bible, all through the Old Testament, God was combing through generation after generation, looking for people that he could, that he could just set apart, people that he could put his spirit upon, people that he could make holy in order that they might point through their lives to a kingdom coming. Individuals with a very specific purpose, David and Saul and Joshua and Ezekiel and Gideon and Jeremiah, all these people through the Old Testament with their lives pointing towards this coming Messiah. And then along comes Jesus. Along comes Jesus, who lives that blameless life, that, that life of complete holiness on our behalf, so that God's Spirit might be received by anyone who put their hope in him. The prophet Joel announces it way before Jesus arrives. He said that there would be a day coming. There was this day arriving where God would put his spirit upon all people, young and old, so that the truth of heaven might become visible to everyone, that the power of his kingdom might become available to anyone in the day-to-day of life. I'm not making it up. If you read Joel 2, verse 28 to 32, you'll see that this, this prediction, this, this promise, this, this prophecy... We don't receive it because we're worthy or special, but because of Jesus and his arrival and his promise over a desperate people. Now, if you've never heard the good news of Jesus, I've just shared it with you for the last three or four minutes. You need to know that he has fought your battles, that he has won, that he is victorious. And that victory, can be, it can become available to invade any aspect of your day-to-day life. Past, present, future, it takes hold of it. Now, if you've given your life to him before now, have you been looking to the Holy Spirit recently to allow God's triumph to impact what you're currently facing right now? Not as a past event, but a present event. With the Spirit, God's power is upon you and your home for great effect. You need to know that. Ephesians 1 tells us, actually, that there's this amazing word. It uses the word deposited. The Spirit is deposited into your life to bring revelation to what the Son has accomplished. He's not an it. He's not a feeling. He's the third person of the Trinity, illuminating the second person of the Trinity, Jesus the Son, who in turn brought glory and put on display the power and nature of, of, of the head of the Trinity, God the Father, just working in unison together. It's amazing. I'm saying my first point out of two. The work of the Holy Spirit builds us up. The work of the Holy Spirit is there to build us up. During the series, we're looking at what it means to follow the real Jesus. We're, we're taking our cues from the Gospel of Luke. Now, Luke was this guy who was totally, completely in awe of the power and nature of God. I, I don't know whether you feel the same, but I, I want that to be what my life is known about. I want, I, want to be, I want to end my days by people saying, yeah, he was in awe of the power and nature of God. Is that, is that how you want to be remembered? It was for Luke. Luke refers to the power and nature of God loads. And there's this moment in, in Luke chapter 3, 
where we learn about this, this event where the Holy Spirit is publicly um, ex- uh, exhibited upon Jesus. I don't believe this is when Jesus receives the Holy Spirit because like I said, he, he's 100% God, 100% human. So he's always had the Spirit of God upon his words, through his thoughts, through his actions, the whole lot. But this is the moment where God openly reveals it to the people around Jesus. So Luke chapter 3 begins by telling us about this man named John. Now John was seen as this herald, this, this guy who was preparing people's hearts to receive God's power by basically saying that they need to humble themselves and recognize and repent of their sins. Otherwise, God's power just won't break through in their lives. And he declares that there is this power on the way. But it's only available to a humble and repentant heart. And crowds of people flock to John. They, they, they need this message. They, they, they are so warmed to what he's saying. And they are baptized, they're washed in water as a symbol of their needs to become clean. There's no way of doing it themselves, so they look to God to clean themselves of their sin and and they're so repentant in doing so. Now Jesus is in the midst. He he is sinless. He's he's led a spotless life. He has no need for repentance, but he models obedience to the crowd and is baptized as well. And we see it in Luke chapter 3, this moment where Jesus goes into the, the waters of baptism as well and And Luke gives us this little snapshot. It says, when all the people were baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Do you know what that shows us? It shows us that when God the Father looks upon God the Son, he is full of love for his Son. Now, do you know what that means for you and me specifically? When your life is hidden in Jesus, when your life is is hidden within his character, God the Father looks at you and he only sees Jesus. That's huge. That's a huge truth. He doesn't look at your mess. He looks at your Messiah. He doesn't look at your mess, he looks at your Messiah. And you and I need the help of the Holy Spirit to understand just how incredible and transformational that truth is. The Holy Spirit empowers me and you to believe that we are accepted by God. He enables us to know that we can be welcomed, that we are delighted in by God the Father, like a father doting upon its little child. That's how God looks upon us. Now we live in a world, we're surrounded by an environment that seeks to squash that. It seeks to question our identity and, and, and put a question mark over our worth as people. And welcoming the Holy Spirit into our lives daily brings the affirmation, it brings the, 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 the value from God that we all need. Now when we view our lives through that perspective, through God's perspective, if it absolutely changes everything about any situation that you and I find ourselves in. We're reminded of just who it is that stands in authority over our successes and over our struggles. Brings me to my next point. The work of the Holy Spirit is constant. Now Luke chapter 4, jumping ahead a little bit, we see this in, in verse 1. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit. 
Verse 14, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit and news about him was spreading. Verse 18, he stands before this crowd in Nazareth, so he's moving around all over the place and he declares, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He knows that the Spirit is upon him and it starts to affect the way he speaks, the way he acts, the way he moves around, transforming different people's lives with truth. Now, allowing the Holy Spirit to have control of who we are is not a one-time event. It's not restricted to a particular season of life. It's not just reserved for a special church meeting, but walking in step with the Holy Spirit does lead to change. Jesus speaks with greater revelation and authority. He speaks scripture into circumstances and his identity is fortified and their, their eyes are opened. They're given more kingdom confidence the more he speaks over them. He seeks out these tricky situations. like He finds himself rubbing shoulders with some very difficult people who are in a very, very um, difficult place and in great need of experiencing the love and kingdom um, and the power of the kingdom in their lives. And his prayers for them are powerful and they're effective and they start, his, their lives begin to get healed and changed before him miraculously. You can read about it in Luke chapter 5 if you want to. Like this, this power goes to work through the demonstration of a kingdom alive in Jesus. His, he is filled with the Holy Spirit and every single day begins to look different. Now, you and I, we miss out on so much victory in life because we tend to operate, we find ourselves operating in a place of confusion or relying on our own strength or being shaped and influenced too heavily by doubt rather than realizing and receiving the truth that God is in the business of empowering his people to experience him and to demonstrate him daily, not just in a particular setting, but everywhere, in your homes, in your workplaces, everywhere. I read this quote by a guy named Smith Rigglesworth. He's a guy with a funny name. He was a plumber, he died some 70 years ago, but he had this incredible healing ministry. And Smith says this, God is longing for us to come into such a fruitful position as the sons and daughters of God with the marks of heaven upon us and his divinity bursting through our humanity. Love that, that's a very, very cool statement. His divinity bursting through our humanity. He can take frail human nature and by his divine power make our bodies suitable to be his holy temple washing our hearts whiter than snow. And you know, there's, there's so much in our lives that we could experience and understand with more anticipation and with more clarity if we paused more, more often and took regular moments to invite the work of the Holy Spirit to take the reins in our lives. Giving him undivided access to who we are and the circumstances that we might encounter each day his divinity bursting through our humanity. Now, I want to tell you something, and, and some of you might not like this. You can't do anything effectively without the help of the Holy Spirit. Conversations, 
relationships that you're trying to build, the way you handle your finances, the way you open the Bible, parenting, where you live, how you choose to forgive, how you take rest. You need to surrender to his influence with all of it. Now, if we do anything in our own strength, it's only a matter of time before we make a mess of it. I know that's very true in my own life, so I'm going to assume it's true for you as well. We need the Holy Spirit's guidance through every conversation, every decision, every relationship, because of the finished work of Jesus on your cross. The Spirit is available to go to work on every situation, available for you to depend on, to cry out to every day. And 1 Thessalonians verse 5 says, pray continually. Romans 12 verse 12 says, be faithful in prayer. Luke 18 verse 1 says, you've got to pray without giving up. You and I need God way more than we realize. And that's crazy for a Bible teacher to say that. You and I need God. But you and I can't even effectively speak to him without the help of the Holy Spirit empowering us. The Holy Spirit partners with us and he takes our mumbled, chaotic, shopping list, genie in a bottle style prayers and trans- he translates them before God the Father so that those prayers that we mumble out to him on a regular basis actually become more potent. They become more effective. They become in line with, with God's will in a way that they can't be unless we have his help. He translates them so they're more than they are than when they just came out of our silly mouths. You don't believe me? You can look at in Romans chapter 8, verse 26. It says, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. I'll admit, I'm a weak man. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. I love that what that sparks in my mind, to imagine these wordless groans just just fighting a longing on our behalf. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Do you know, on numerous occasions throughout the course of any given day, I ask God to fill me with the Holy Spirit. I really do. How about you? Is that a pattern to your lifestyle that you would lay hold of? You say, God, I need your help. Fill me with the Spirit in this moment right now. Every single day, I carry around with me this little notebook. I go all over the place with it. I ask God, to, through his Spirit, to speak to me through the Bible, and I jot down what I feel jumps out from the page at me. I, I note it down, and I refer back to it constantly throughout the course of any day, using it to help reshape my responses to things. Another way that I, I engage with the Spirit is I pray in tongues constantly throughout the day. It's a spiritual gift that God gives his people and, and he uses it to translate what's really going on in our hearts. When we don't really know what to say, the gift of tongues just it kind of flows out from our hearts. So it, he, he connects us with what we really feel, with what we're really meaning. He uses that gift to um, connect us with his will and, and with his kingdom. If you've been given that gift, I just want to say, Jolly well use it. It's an amazing gift. If you've never been given it before, ask God again and again and again for this gift. It is a powerful tool that connects us with the Spirit and the Kingdom. 
Sometimes you're, you're going to find yourself in, in situations and the enemy will feel like he's following you around. I don't know if you get that. I get that all the time. You feel like there's somebody following you. But until you prioritize seeking the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit as the source of your strength and your victory, you're going to feel ineffective in walking in freedom from sin. You're going to feel ineffective in seeing people's lives become whole around you as you minister to them, as you share your faith with them. You'll feel dull. You'll feel deficient. You'll feel defeated. I want to ask you a question, and this is something you're going to have to weigh up carefully, seriously for yourselves. How many open doors are there in your life right now that the enemy can just walk right on through? Emotional hurts, idols that stand bigger in your life than God, unforgiven mistakes by others, shady secrets that you don't think God knows but he does really know about. The thief uses those against you. He uses those to, to hijack the glory of God in your life. But have you forgotten that there's a Holy Spirit who's in the battle with you? Illuminating those things, bringing them into the light, helping the, the power of Jesus to go to work on those things, reminding you that he has won a victory over everything. Now, do you know, I, I'm a pastor, so I, I pray with a lot of different people, old and young and introvert, extrovert. And it's interesting to hear how different people call upon God. Sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll listen to them praying and it sounds so unsure. Like they, they don't, it's almost like they don't really believe in what they're really asking of him or calling on him for. But other times, especially if I'm praying with somebody who's particularly broken-hearted over the situation that we're focusing on, their prayers are so alive, they're so on fire. They have such faith, and I'll hear them praying, and it's almost like I'm transported with them to the gates of heaven. They're, they're there rattling on the gates saying, God, would you move through this situation? Would you change this situation for your good? Would you take hold of it? And the way they express themselves, it, it's almost like I'm in there with them. I, before I even realizing it, my hands are in the air, I can just feel there's a, a power going to work through what they're calling upon God for. Do you know, God's heart is to bring healing and to bring breakthrough in your life. He wants to save you. He wants to free you from your sins and your hurts. You don't need Mary. You don't need a, a special mantra or Mecca. You don't need to face east at a particular time in the day. You need to call out to the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit poured out because of the work of Jesus in faith that you need him more than he needs you. But also in expectation that his plan is to bring his power to bear through your life more than you realize. He wants your freedom more than you do. He wants your freedom more than you do. He wants that to affect how you communicate with him, how you go into situations feeling like you're undergirded, feeling like you have a force behind you that is for your good and that, is, that will see your victory. I want you to just imagine what the church would look like the people of God, what it would look like if we all increased our hunger and our thirst for his power and his presence every time we gather together. 
There's a world out there and it's waiting to see a church who knows that God is awesome, who really truly believes in it and who is expectant of more of him. And I want to ask you, will you humble yourself and rely on him, even if you don't get a warm, fuzzy feeling, even if the oil in your faith lamp is, is not burning so bright right now, even if the peace of his presence isn't quite how you thought it might be, are you going to humble yourself and call out to him and fall back on him? Do you know, it's easy. It's easy to pursue a tame, lame, two-dimensional God. And I say that with a little g. The two-dimensional God. It's also easy to live life like we're in the driving seat. Let me tell you, both of those things are foolish. We need the help of the Holy Spirit to magnify the true majesty and transformational power of the 3D Jesus. We need it. You need it. I need it. I just want to end by doing something that we don't normally do. We often would lead you through a time of prayer. And actually, was as I was heading over here, just earlier today, I felt the Holy Spirit prompt me to do something that I've not actually done before. And I'm going to close by praying for myself. Because I want to model something to you. And I want to, I'm, I'm praying this in faith that where, wherever you're seated right now, however you're hearing this, receiving this, you're going to go away and it's going to influence the way that you speak to God yourself this coming week. So I want to join, ask you to join me in praying now. Spirit of God, I ask that you'd fall afresh upon me. I ask that you would illuminate the stuff in my life that feels like it's in darkness. I want to pray that there's any area of temptation in my life where I feel like I'm struggling and succumbing to, Lord, I want to pray that you would break into it right now. I want to pray, Father, that you would have access to the whole of me, not part of me, the whole of me. I want to pray, God, that I would live effectively like a follower of Jesus, that I would grow in my likeness of him, day after day after day. And I recognize now before all these people and in front of you, God, that I need your help with that. Your purpose for my life, God, is that I would become more and more Christ-like and I can't do that by myself. And so if there is any area of my life where that is being hindered by my own sin, by my own thoughtlessness, if I've grown dull in any area, God, I want to pray your Holy Spirit break in right now. Take the reins, God. And I want to pray that I demonstrate effectively what it looks like to live fully in trusting Jesus as my Lord and Saviour, day in, day out. Not just on a Sunday at church, not just when I feel like it, not just when the going is tough, but every single moment. You have access to my life, God. And I need your help, Holy Spirit, to help me to understand what that looks like. I love you, Jesus. I need you. Come have your way.